You're listening to the Church of Life and Praise podcast. If you'd like more information about our ministry, please visit us at churchoflifeandpraise.com or check us out on Facebook. Our prayer is that you would come to know Jesus in a deeper way. Now, enjoy the message. The fruits of the Spirit are the manifestation of God. His Spirit. He's God. And the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, <coughs> long-suffering, etc. He supernaturally activates those in our lives as we submit to Him. Well, thank God for your enthusiasm. I'm getting so glad that you're so enthused this morning. Amen. I think I will uh, dismiss you and let you go home so we can get some sleep. Amen. Maybe you can come back next week and be a little more joyful. Praise the Lord. All right. That was, just, that was a joke. Laugh. Amen. Okay, good. I, I, I know a, a false laugh when I hear it. Amen. Joy for our times. See, we want joy, but we want everything peaceful and calm around us. It ain't going to be that way. And if you're going to follow Jesus Christ, the Bible said you will have persecution. Get ready for it. And the way you get ready for it is to maintain your walk with God through prayer, seeking his face, Worshipping, praising, being in church. There's a lot of people that are going to lose out with God because they have been, they have not been keeping a maintenance, spiritual maintenance in their life. And when the rough time comes, they won't have any strength to, 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 to hold them. Say amen. amen. So joy for our times. And then here, here's the question. Does it seem that your joy is drowned out amid the unpleasant blaring of worldly noise? It's a big noise out there. Don't believe everything you read. And some of it shut out and shut down and get into the Word. If we would spend more time in the Word seeking God, we'd have more joy and greater victory. Well, you've got to be aware of the world. Why have you got to be aware of every detail that goes on? Someone spitting left instead of, instead of spitting right. And that's going to create all kind of catastrophe. What it's doing, it is creating fear in your hearts. And Jesus is not the author of fear. Perhaps the true still small voice is lost and cannot compete with Babylon's babble and Hollywood's hilarity. Or has life dealt you seemingly unrecoverable, an un unrecoverable blow that ha has seemingly driven away your inner peace? And you begin to concentrate on that. Situations that we run into, yes, they are real. 
But we've got to learn to rise above our circumstances and begin to get our eyes on Jesus. Now, I'm not telling you about lifting yourself up by your own bootstraps. I'm talking about turn, turn your eyes upon the Lord who is the giver of joy. That's the fruit of the Spirit. So as we get into the presence of God, we're going to begin to feel. I'm reading a book now. And it's called Sonship. I recommend it to you. To you, I think it's by Gil. 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 Um, oh, I can't think of his last name. Gilmore. It is awesome. It is awesome. I recommend you get it. I'll get it. The, the, the name of the book, and and I'll show it to you next week, and um, or whenever. Maybe I'll bring it Wednesday and just let you see the book, and. Uh, Get into that. I'm telling you, it revives you and it turns, it turns your whole spectrum around and the whole way of seeing things. Sonship. Sonship. Everybody say sonship. Sonship. Amen. You see, many people deal with a real sense of heaviness. Now, I'm not saying that heaviness is not real. It is. I'm not saying that you don't, you should ignore the things that you go through. I'm not saying that you shouldn't ignore the hardships that you go through. But they, and so by, but what happens is when you concentrate on the awful and the situation you're going through. Now, what I'm saying is you don't ignore it, but you take that situation that you are going through and turn it towards the Lord and begin to seek God in the midst of your problem and ask for his peace, ask for his rest, ask for his strength, ask for his wisdom and ask for his God. You've got to understand that God's a good God and he's going to bring you through the situations that you're in, even in this uh, world that we are living in right now. No, I have, I was talking to a lady yesterday, was at a funeral. And she looked at me and she said, she said, did you ever imagine when you was growing up as a child that it would come to this? And I looked at her and I said, no, not really. When I was putting the flag up, I love the American flag. It represents our freedom. And I was looking, I was putting the flag up, and as I was hoisting the flag up to a full staff, I looked at the flag and I said, God, it's not the same America that I used to know. Now, I can concentrate on that and get totally defeated. I can concentrate on the fact that it's not what we, when, when I was a kid, what I, what it was when I was a kid growing up. I can concentrate on that and be totally taken care of. And then I can begin to think. Sometimes we think too deep. Thanks for your enthusiasm. But it's the truth. Now I'm not talking about getting knowledge. I'm talking about thinking too deep about circumstances and situations. And it, and, 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 and it becomes a normal way. 
something, something happens on the news. And then we begin to think, we begin to mull it over. And all of a sudden we are just totally captivated by fear and depression. Don't listen to everything that comes across Facebook. Sometimes I think Facebook is a curse and is a tool of the enemy to take the joy and the peace out of Christians. Sometimes it's good not knowing what's going on on the other half of the world. God will take care of it. Why do we sit and fret and fuss over it? I'm talking to you this morning because this is where we're at. We come here and rejoice and shout, sing the praises of God, and then we go out there and we just let it overwhelm us. And we think on that junk all week long and then we come to church, get revived again, go out and say the same thing. Isn't that true? You know it's true. That's why you're not saying amen and you're quiet. I'm not saying that you're guilty and I'm not. But we have to teach ourselves. How do we do it? We get into the word of God. And when we begin to get into the, this is where we've got to spend time, saints, in the word of God. Now, that doesn't mean take 24 hours a day. No, but have a time where you get into the word of God and let the word of God speak to you. Listen to what, listen to what I'm saying here. See, the psalmist David said, I wait for your word, your word, not their word, your word. Psalm 119, 74. He stopped and he waited. In other words, the word comes through waiting. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. That's where our gaze should be. Looking steadfastly at Jesus Christ who brings joy in the midst of sorrow and heartache. You can be going through hell today. And if you'll stop and look towards Jesus and begin to concentrate on the Lord and begin to take your time to be with the Lord, peace and joy will come to you and it will bring you through. It will bring you through the hard times. That's like God. God is like that. Now, don't shout me down. Amen. Do you think God doesn't care for you? Do you think God is not mindful? I think sometimes we're afraid of, we're afraid of persecution. But saints, we've got to be realistic about this. But at the same time, we've got to look unto Jesus, the author. Everybody say author. That means the originator. There was a time when you didn't know God and you came to Christ and he originated your faith. He's the author and the what? Finisher, the completion of your faith. So he that hath begun a good work in you will what? Will perform it or will perfect it? He said you can rest assured 
that he will, he who has begun a good work in you will perform it until he comes. He will perform the good work until he comes. There is not a place nor a time or any situation that you go through, no matter how hard it is, that he is not there in the midst of it and will not carry you through. You may get some great scrapes and some broken bones on the way, but he will heal the scrapes and the broken bones and bring you forth in victory. We've got to understand that's the kind of God we're living, we're serving. He will not let you be defeated. And if the persecution kills you, you've got a hope in heaven. Don't be worried, Jesus says, about the body, the people that can kill your body and hurt your body. He said, be concerned about the one that can take your, take you and cast your, your, your spirit and soul into hell. Right. Amen. All they can do is hurt your body. It'll be painful for a while. I just got through reading a book on four ladies concerning, uh, uh, the persecution that they went through in the 60s and 70s, under the, the, the Russian regime and all of that, communism and all of that. I mean, my God. And I would stop and I'd say, Jesus, help me. That I can stand. But let me tell you something. Jesus asked the question, will there be any faith when I return? And I'm answering Jesus, yes, there's going to be faith when you return. Because that's going to be a remnant and that's going to be a people like in, like in Israel that are going to stand for you and won't bow their knee to Baal. And how are we going to do it? We're going to do it through the power of the Holy Spirit. And he will give us joy and peace in the midst of it. Jesus is the prince of peace. And he's the author of joy. Say amen. You see, when we wait on the Lord, it pulls his word to us. Did you hear what I'm saying? When we wait on the Lord, it pulls his word to us. I'm reminded of the lady. In fact, I just went to her funeral yesterday. And uh, she had a horrible sickness come upon her. And, and she couldn't sit down. She couldn't lay. I don't, think, I don't think she could lay down. And she had to stand. And so she got her husband to make her a pulpit in her living room. And she took her Bible. And all the while she was going through this pain, she stood there and read the word of God. And guess what? God healed her. 83 years old, she just passed away. See, God will sustain you. I could tell you story after story how God kept me, not because I'm so perfect, when there was more money going out, this is when I was single, when there was more money going out than there was coming in, I was doing my bills, and if I didn't pay my tithes, I could make it. 
And I sat there contemplating. And then finally, all, I figured and figured, and finally I took all the paper and all the stuff that I was figuring on, and I took it, I said, and I threw it in the wastebasket, and I said, Jesus, I'm paying my tithes. You're going to have to supply. And I just said to the devil, I said, get away. I'm not listening to you. And I continued to pay my tithes. That week, I kid you not, I got called into the, to the office of where I work. I got a raise, gratuity raise. The next week, I got called into the office again. And the people that I worked for says, man, what, you and, what, what have, have you and your boss got going here? I don't, I don't know. Got another raise. Enough to pay my bills and pay my tithes as well. Not that I'm so perfect. A lot of you out there could have the same kind of a testimony. God will take you through. He's going to take you. He's, go, he's with you in the good times. He's with you in the bad times. So it says here, the psalmist says, I wait for your word. Saints, don't listen to the word of the enemy or what's going on around you and the voices that are going around you. Listen for the word of God and it will speak to you. God will speak to you. And he very well sometimes can speak an audible voice. There's sometimes God is, is not necessarily a, 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 a person of, of, of many words. Sometimes he'll just speak one word, just like the dream I had, and he just said, keep driving. In the midst of all the confusion, I saw a road. There was a, and he spoke to me, and he rose up in front of me and said, just keep driving. That's all I heard. I didn't hear anything else. But when I heard those words, all the confusion didn't stop. The confusion did not stop, but it dimmed. And he said, keep driving. And he motioned to me to look straight ahead. Not to look at all. You see, when you seek God and you cry out to God, that pulls God's word to you. That causes God to take action. That causes God to recognize you because you're drawing on him. Don't lean to your own understanding. That's what I'm saying. We think too deep in the wrong places. Stop leaning to your own understanding. Stop fretting over what's going to happen if you've got bills or you're sick or whatever. Just keep your eyes on Jesus. Am I saying ignore the situation? No. Take the situation and lay it at his feet. And say, God, stop trying to handle it. I sound like I'm angry, but I'm not. I'm very passionate about it. We try to figure it out. And then we take it to God. No. The first time you hear, it's cancer. The first time you hear, well, it's this. The first time you hear or see, and you, you look at your, your bank account, and you realize it's low, and you've got bills mounting. Take it to the Lord. Yes. 
recognize your situation that you're in by, by giving over to the Lord. God said, I mean, his word is true. If his word isn't true, why do we even bother coming to church? What's the sense? Shout, sing, get happy. And we can't trust his word. And sometimes it is horrible what you're going through. And the devil takes that and tries to use it against you to cause you to lose your faith in God. God will, and Satan will look and say, well, where's God now? He's right where he always has been. And it's not God causing all the problem. It's the one that's whispering in your ear to give God up. Yea, hath God said, See, the devil don't always come out and give direct words. He gives indirect words that causes doubt. You see, why does all this got to do with joy? I'm getting there. Looking unto Jesus. Okay, the word wait uh, is here in, in Hebrew is kaveh. This, uh, the meaning is wait with expectation. Look patiently. Oh, we hate those words. I do as well as you do. And that's one of the fruit of the Spirit is patience. And I'm thinking, oh, God, help me to preach on that one. And help me to get through it. And help me now. No, I'm sorry. Wait, with expectation. Looking unto Jesus. A child. Go, Amity. You promise her something and she looks at you with expectation to receive it and she holds you to your word. Hold God to his word. God, you said. And when the devil comes after you, just say, God has said and I believe it. Get behind me, Satan. I will not listen to your rhetoric. I haven't got time. He will try to get you to analyze your situation. He'll try to get you to go through over and over through your mind and all of that. This is the devil that's talking to you and he begins to whisper things in you. Stand up and resist him and rebuke the devil and he will flee from you. Understand that God is a good God and everything that happens to you and me is done for a purpose and he will work that purpose out in you for his glory and for your good. If he doesn't heal you, he'll use you in your infirmity and give you joy in the midst. So, if we would take time to simply wait on him in a given situation, just go to him. Tell him you're hurting. Tell him how you feel. Don't cover it up. Say, I feel this way, God. I need your help. And get into the word. And you know what? God will speak to you from the word. And when you get that word, go to the word of God and watch how God will chain reference you through the Bible to give you faith. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. 
I don't get faith automatically. I seek faith. And I ask God to give me faith. And I go to the word to receive faith. Weigh on him in a given situation. And we would receive God's word to us about the situation. Now this is good instruction. Because the devil is going to come at you even more and more. Get ready, saints, because it ain't going to get better. We pray for the midterm elections to come up. Hoping the conservatives will win. Honey, they can win. And give us a little reprieve for time. But it's going to come. We'll say, all right, how many more years? So-and-so, President so-and-so. Oh, when he gets out of there. All right. I mean, you say, Pastor, why are you talking this? Because this is where we're at. I'm trying to talk to you from right exactly where we're at in this time and age. Do you, do, do you, do I like it? No, I hate it. I'm not going to be honest with you and say, oh, I'm going to tiptoe through the roses of the, whatever that tip, whatever, whatever he tulips, whatever he tiptoes. And, and, and that guy made a fortune on it and, and, and got popular. And he couldn't even carry a tune. Tiptoe through the, you know. Amen? (laughs) When I first saw him on TV, I said, my good lands, where did they dig him up? And pretty soon I knew, I found out that he was was popular and even got married on TV. Became a multimillionaire. Oh, glory to God. Amen. And God, now, now let me see. If we would take time to simply wait on him in a given situation, we would receive God's word to us about the situation. God would speak to us plainly. God is not a vague God. God will not keep you guessing. If you place your trust and your confidence and your faith in Jesus Christ, he will open his heart to you, open his power to you, and he will not be vague with you. He will not keep you guessing. The reason why we keep guessing is because we don't look at him or we half look at him. Look at at Psalm 40, 1 through 3. I'm reading from the NLT. Psalm 40. Now here in Psalm 40, David is thanking God. Now look at this. You see, we think of David and we think of all his wonderful songs. And all the things that, but most of his songs came out of tribulation. And most of his psalms. And here's one of the psalms. It says here, In this psalm, and I'm going to read it to you, but here in this Psalm 40, David is thanking God for his recovery from the sore disease by which he was afflicted in his body. Now, when we read that, if we don't look that and 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 inspect what it says, and we just we just a lot of times we just gloss over scripture and we keep on reading. 
How many of you in reading this uh, time of, of 180 days around the globe or around the New Testament? Amen? How many of you, when a scripture has in that reading has stood out to you, has stopped and read that scripture and did a chain reference on it? I'm not asking to raise your hand, but how many of you did? When you are reading and a scripture stands out to you, God is taking his word and he's giving it to you for you and for your benefit and for you to be able to get an answer from him. Wow. I got all kinds of amens on that one. But it's true. And this is what I'm doing now. Now I'm taking this psalm and I'm picking a part for you to understand David pulling God's word to him. Oh yeah, David and all the, those, they had the word of God. They had it in scrolls, but they had the word of God. Especially the king. In fact, the king, every king in Israel was supposed to read the word of God Every king, every year, the whole four books of the law, plus others. All right? It says, sore disease by which he was afflicted in his body and for his restoration to divine favor. Evidently, somehow, he'd got out of favor of God. But what did David do? In the first verse, he says, I waited patiently. Oh, we hate that word. I'm sick. I haven't really trusted you. And I'm in this mess. But he said, I waited patiently for the Lord to help me. Now, because of his tribulation... And testing, we get the word of comfort and solution. Have you ever thought of that? I waited patiently for the Lord. You know, a lot of the songs we sing in church, if you go back to the history of them, you'll find out that song came because of a hard time or a bad situation they went through and God brought them through. And we have it to bless us today. The scriptures that we are given are given for our advantage and our help and our assistance. And most generally, if you read behind the scenes, you'll find out a lot of those scriptures came out of tribulation. And the Bible says that tribulation, you see, if you read your Bible, you're going to understand tribulation. The Bible says tribulation is going to come to you like sparks fly upward. You know what that means? How many knows what that means? What that means is there's a fire. It's burned. There's ashes there. Coals. The devil comes along, stirs those ashes up, and the sparks fly everywhere. That's trouble. But guess what? We've got a message from the Lord through the three Hebrew children. 
God is there walking with you in the midst of the fire and you won't be burned. And he'll cause the one that threw you in to recognize that God is the God of the universe. And when God got through with Nebuchadnezzar, even building his statue unto himself, he caused Nebuchadnezzar to bring out a law in his kingdom and said, everybody is to worship God. He's the only God that is and the only one that can deliver. Go read it in your Bible. I waited patiently for the Lord to help me. And what, what did he do? If you, some of you that are looking at it, how many even turned to it? He heard my cry. Or he turned, I'm reading from the NLT, he turned. Okay, God is walking along. All right? All of a sudden, he hears Jim Hurd back here crying. God, I need your help. Oh, God, help me in my dilemma. God, I'm waiting for you. The Bible says he turned. And he looked right at me. And what did he do? He heard my cry. David pulled the word from God. This is a psalm of praise and thanksgiving to God for deliverance. What about blind Bartimaeus? We read that all the time on the Jericho Road. Blind. How long? I don't know. Had a robe around him. That robe signified that he was a blind man and he had a right to sit by the road to beg. That was his cloak. His cloak defined his condition. And sometimes the devil tries to put a cloak on you and define your situation and say, this is the way you're going to be all your life. But the blind Bartimaeus heard that Jesus Christ was coming down the road. I don't know if you know that old song that says, as a promise, coming down the country road, the dusty road. There's a promise. Coming down the dusty road. Blind Bartimaeus heard that Jesus was coming and what did he do? Jesus, thou son of the living God, thou son of David. In the midst of his affliction, he honored and recognized God and declared God was victorious. Jesus was God Almighty walking down that road. Thou son of David. You promised, you're the son of David, the promised Messiah. He called out among all the crowd, Hey Jesus, the promised Messiah. And everybody says, oh, keep quiet, quiet. Don't disturb you. Don't disturb. Don't, 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 don't disturb. Don't, 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 don't. He's Jesus. Don't you know who he is? Bartimaeus shook himself again. He cries out, the Bible said, all the louder. Jesus! Because the crowd was going by on a road. He had to get Jesus' attention. Thou son of David! Messiah! Have mercy! I heard that you was a merciful God! 
I heard that you healed. I heard that you set people free. You see, he was drawing on the word of God. He was pulling the word down from heaven and out of Jesus' heart. They said, leave him alone. I'm telling you, saints, when it gets bad, start calling on the Lord and don't let anything stop you from calling on the Lord. He will come and minister to you and set you free from your dilemma. He will correct situations that are bad. He will correct thoughts that are bad. He will take those situations that you're going through and he will heal them and begin to uh, 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 repair them. And cause you to walk in victory on the scars. And the Bible says what happened? David said he turned. The Bible said about Bartimaeus, said he stood still. David, Jesus stood still. He says, bring that man to me. Smoke with authority. What did Bartimaeus do? He threw off his identification with blindness and he left it there. And he said, I want you to hear that I would receive my sight. And Jesus didn't say, if you'll quote 10 scriptures or you'll bow down and do calisthenics or do whatever you do and cross yourself five times, What did he do? He healed him. And then the crowd that was against the poor man that was blind said, oh, the master called you. You know, sometimes opposition, even coming from people, they'll get so sanctimonious when they realize that Jesus is recognizing you. And the devil will pull in his horns and run. Let's read on. Number two, he lifted me out. And this is what he said. He turned and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the pit of despair. How many have ever despaired? I have. I have been at times when I, I, I didn't know which end was up. And I had to look up to see bottom. I'm serious. And I'm thinking right now, and you've heard me before, and I'm not going to get into it, but when I got healed from my, uh, all of my near nervous breakdown, I was, I was looking up to see bottom. I couldn't feel Jesus anywhere. But all the time, I was trying to maintain my sanity. Jesus was leading me. Open up a way to go to, to, to Florida to get to a conference that I never did attend. Before I left, had a magazine open up in the centerfold. There was a, a big advertisement in Charisma about Rodney Howard Brown having a service right beside our city where I was going. And the day I got healed, that night I heard angels singing, and I'm not kidding you. There's a tape that's been made of it. And I haven't been the same since. 
But I could not help myself. I could not help myself. The only way I can describe it is that I was in a cage. And I was looking out through this cage at the people. And they were all coming at me. That's just the way I felt. It was, I never want to feel it again. It was the most horrible experience I have ever had. I didn't want to be around people. People made me angry. All they had to do was just say one thing. And during that time, my wife, God bless her heart, lived in hell. I could not control myself. But all the while, God was working step by step by step by step. He had the day and the time of my deliverance. He lifted me out of the pit of despair, out of the mud and the mire. Have some of you felt like you're in the mud and you're stuck in the mire? Do like Bartimaeus did. And there are some times when you have to literally do that. You have to yell at God. Say, God, where are you? I need you now. Help me. And what will he do? He'll turn. Or he'll stand still. He'll hear your voice crying out of your despair. But he won't look at with condemnation. He'll look at it as a cry of faith. He lifted me out of the pit of despair of the mud and the mire. Listen to this. He set my feet on solid ground. Listen to the word. Draw the word out of. Everything that God gives you, draw the word. Take every single word of a scripture and analyze it and look at it and let it speak to you. Don't just read it cursory. Read it in a detailed way. Don't just read over it. If it hits you, go back and read it again. Look it up. If there's a word in that scripture that speaks to you, stop and look up that word in Hebrew or Greek. Do something. Get something so that you'll understand what that word is. And keep that word in your mind. Because it is given to you by God and that word will bring you deliverance. And through that, joy. Then what does he say? He says, he set my feet on solid ground, steadied me, and walked as as I walked along, as I lived my life. He steadied me. This is the way. Go this way. He has given me a new song to sing. A hymn of praise to our God. Now look at this, what's happened. You've gone through literal hell. Things have come. You're overwhelmed by the political system that's going on. But when they begin to see you stand after you've gone through it, they're going to look at you. And what does the Bible say here? It says, 
Many will see what he has done and be amazed. They will put their trust in the Lord. They will say, if he or she can go through it, then I can come through it too. And you'll be able to say, I've been there where you are. I've sat in your position. I've sat in your situation. And I can tell you from the word of God that he brought me through and he'll do the same for you. You become a witness and a testimony through your hurts and pains. God will give you joy in the fact that someone else came to Christ because of your witness. God doesn't put these afflictions on you. He takes you through them. But there are times he doesn't stop them. You know why? Because God knows you. And at times he allows it to happen because he knows who you are. And he knows you, he'll, you'll stand firm and you'll stand as a testimony. And three or four people will come to Jesus Christ, come to know him. He can trust you. Why did he allow Job to get afflicted? Because he knew he could trust Job. He couldn't find a better person And he said to the devil, go ahead. I've got faith in Job. And that whole thing of Job showed the defeat of Satan. Satan did not triumph. And all the witnesses that came and all his so-called friends that came and told him that he was from the devil and this and that and everything else. You know what God made them do? They made it, every one of those, those, those I think it was three, three men. He made every one of them. Read the end of the, chapter, the, the, the book. Every one of them. He said, I want you to take a bullock. I want you to build an altar. I want you to sacrifice to Job. And ask him forgiveness. Because you didn't know what you were talking about. Even his wife said, why don't you curse God and die and get it over with? Scraping his boils. He looked at her and he says, you talk like a foolish woman. That's David. Can you say amen? Lift your hands and praise the Lord. There's more to joy than meets the eye. The joy I'm talking about is not superficial joy. The joy that I'm talking about from the word of God is not happiness. Happiness depends on situations. If it's a good situation, I can be happy. If it's not, I'll be sad. But there's a joy that comes with the Holy Spirit that baptizes into you, into your inner spirit. When you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, the the fruit of joy, the fruit of love is is baptized into you and the characteristics of love is joy, peace, long-suffering, etc., etc. It is baptized into you and God allows those uh, that joy to come out, okay, when you're going through the circumstances. 
and situations. And he'll cause that joy to well up within you to give you strength and hope when there is no hope. And when you call on the Lord, you draw and you wait on the Lord. You draw the word out of him. How long did Bartimaeus wait by the side of the road waiting for Jesus? How long? But he sat there. He could have got and moved. He probably had a stick that he could move and walk with. He could have drawn his robe around him that identified his, himself with his affliction and said, well, where's God? I went there and I sat. I didn't feel God. I didn't see God. didn't know anything. I went to church, never felt a thing. They're all jumping and hauling. Oh, it's a lot of foolishness, jumping and hauling around. Why are they jumping? You know, well, they, and, and then the devil said, well, they haven't been where you've been. He said, well, that's right. No one knows what I'm going through. And everybody, and he'll give you a bit of spirit and he'll do everything he can to destroy you. You've got to call on Jesus. And when there's all kind of things that are coming against you, call louder! Don't give up calling! Say, I'm here! I'm over here! Jesus, me, see me. I'm the one with the cloak on. I, I got blind eyes. What did the woman do? For one for 18 years, the other one for 12 years. A situation that she had internally. She looked at the scripture. Why do you think she said, if I can but touch the hem of his garment? It wasn't touching Jesus anywhere. It was touching him at the hem of his garment. Every male rabbi had a blue ribbon around the bottom. They had a prayer shawl and there was blue in it. He, she either touched him, the prayer shawl, or she touched that ribbon. Read it in the Old Testament. She looked at that. She heard. That's a promise from God that if I can touch the hem of that garment, I will be healed. That was in the law. And they wore, see, the Israelites and the high priests and all that wore the stuff, but they never had the power to produce it. But the woman knew what it represented. She says, I'm not going to all the high priests. I'm going to where it is effective. And she crawled through the crowd. This I said there was a great press. Sometimes, saints, you got a press. And sometimes you've got to get on your hands and knees and all you're seeing is legs and smelly feet. But you know Jesus is standing there. He's going, I can but touch. She didn't just trip up there and say, oh, it's me. I'm waiting for a word of prophecy. Forget the prophecy. Go to the word. You don't need a prophecy. What you need is the word. 
get a hold of the word, prophecies fail. You don't live by prophecies. Now, I'm not against prophecy, but every time you get something wrong with you, don't get ahead, you don't need a word from the Lord. You need the word. I'm telling you the truth. She crawled through the crowd, bumped, kicked, people stepping on her hands. But she kept on. If I can but touch. It was totally illegal for her to be out there in the street. If one of the high priests that didn't know God saw her there, he would have chastised her, pulled her up, told her to get out of there and go back home. She didn't care. She said, listen, I've been this way for 18 years. Or 12 years. Been this way for 12 years. And I'm going for broke. But she said, I know if I can just touch the hem of his garment. She was drawing the word out of Jesus Christ. That ribbon was a promise from the word of God of healing. And the song goes, every promise in the book is mine. Every word, every chapter, every line. Faith cometh by hearing. If you get into the word, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. She cro- And what had happened? Jesus said, who touched me? And Peter and John, something. oh, come on, Jesus. Look, look at the crowd. Disciples weren't much better. Look at the crowd. I mean, who touched you? Now, come on. Now, now Jesus. This will be a little practical here. Who touched me? I mean, that's a, that's, that's a, that's, why do you ask that? Jesus said, somebody touched me because virtue went out of me. She drew the word out of him. And he felt it. Who touched me? And says so she came trembling because she was exposed. And all the religion says, you can't do that. You're not supposed to touch a man. You're not supposed to be in the street. You're going to go home and suffer all by yourself. She took all of that into account when she started crawling on her knees before God, to, to, to God, to Jesus. Well, same thing. And what did he say? Go in peace. Your faith has made you whole. You know what happens? Faith comes by what? Hearing. And hearing by what? You want to hear from God? Get into this. Now, to clarify, and then I'm going to stop. I'm not against people getting, giving you prophecies, but don't chase after them. If you should get a prophecy, wonderful. Try the prophecies. Let every, every prophecy be established in the mouth of two or three witnesses. Amen? That's the word of God. 
Don't run on prophecies. Hear me, saints. This is where you're going. Now, if you get a prophecy, listen to me now. If you get a prophecy, it's going to confirm it will always be about what you're going through. And it will be right on if it's from God. And it's not going to surprise you and come to you and say, Thus saith the Lord, the cancer that's in you, that's eating you up. And you stand there and you go, Oh my God, have I got cancer? You'll already know that you have cancer when he comes up to you, if he's a prophet or she's a prophet. He said, The cancer that you're going through, that you've got in your body, is going to cease and desist. So, you say, Thank you. God bless you. You wait on God. Wait for another confirmation. And I've heard some people, you're not supposed to well live in the days of faith. Don't put fleeces up to God. <laughs> if I'm not sure, honey, I put a fleece out to God. If this is from you, God, will you do such and such? That's what Gideon did. Well, that's Old Testament. That's the word. I'm a faith. I don't need fleece. I'm sorry. I guess I must be weak in my faith because I put out fleeces a lot. I want to be sure. And even when I'm prophesying to someone and going to them, I want to be sure it's the word of God and I put out a fleece to God. If this is you, then let this happen. If this is you, then cause this to happen. And I wait on the Lord. And then if that transpires, I'll say it. If it doesn't transpire, I can. Because my word isn't as, pos- as, as, as great as God's word. Praise the Lord. Take this with you and be encouraged. Because you know what the result is? What was David doing? He was exulting in the glory of God and the promises of God of the finished work of Calvary. Amen? Yeah, it was way back there when it was founded, but in the finished work of the promises of God. And he had what? Joy. Joy. Next week or when I get to speak again, I'm going to tell you what joy is. Real joy. Amen? Praise God. Have you been helped by this? Amen. Or have you been more discouraged? Well, take it up with the Lord. Amen. (laughs) Praise the Lord. All right? God is good. Let's stand. Because God has given you this word to live by. And the, and the Bible isn't just given to you just to, just to make sure that, uh, you know, uh, God can convict you of sins all the time. And sometimes we get the idea that, you know, we, we, we have to live a perfect life because, you know, the word of God comes and, and chastises. It will if you're doing wrong and you're doing it willfully. But most generally, God comes with love 
and compassion. If we're sincere, not perfect, but God will come with love and compassion. And he'll give us scripture to correct us, to keep us going and get on the right track. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. God is good. And all the time, God is good.